Hello. Good evening. And welcome to The Great and Grace Show. My name is Tanya Bruton, and I am your host for the show, and I am so glad that you're here with me this evening, listening on True Seeker Texas Radio. So welcome to Grit and Grace podcast. It's a faith-based podcast where we talk about topics related to God and his church in order to glorify God and encourage his beautiful people. You beautiful people. <laughs> all of us. Curse all of us. As I said, I am your host, Tonya Bruton, and I'm so glad you're here listening tonight live. I'm back and I'm live tonight. Last two episodes, I think um, last two or three episodes were pre-recorded, so I am glad to be back on with you guys live tonight on True Seeker Texas Radio. Thank you all for your continued support, and I can feel your love and the connection. And welcome to any new listeners on tonight. I'm so glad you're here. Tonight, we're going to start a Bible study in Ephesians, one of my favorite books of the New Testament. Um, uh, it's uh, the study will end up possibly being broadcast in two parts. Um, we'll see how it goes. I'm going to let the Lord lead. I don't intend to cover the entire book, as um, even for its size. It's, it is a small book, but there's so much. <laughs> there is so much there. And uh, really, it just it takes going over it slowly, bit by bit. So I, I won't be able to cover the whole book, um, but hopefully... Uh, we can, uh, you know, just cover enough to, to spark someone's interest to study further and to give some insight into, you know, into give some insight, further insight into what you're already familiar with. Um, God's word is alive and powerful. As a matter of fact, um, you know, I learned uh, some new things myself this week you know, and preparing for this study. And I've read this book uh, plenty of times. So, but that's the thing with God's word is it's living. Um, and, you know, with the Holy Spirit inside of us to, to teach us all things, then, you know, we can get something new and fresh out of each reading. So, and the Holy Spirit will be with us tonight, I believe that, to bring things to mind as we read, give revelation and insight, and teach us all the things that, that God wants us to get from this tonight. Amen? I will also frequently be referencing for, um, you know, besides the Bible, I'm going to be uh, referencing one of my favorite books one, by one of my favorite people, <laughs> Uh, Michael, uh, the the book is published under uh, his full name, Michael K. McInerney, and it's entitled The Letter to the Ephesians as Seen Through the Eyes of a Relative Nobody. It is available on Amazon. Uh, if you guys, you know, after we're done, if you find that you want to read more or you're interested, it is available on Amazon. And if you're familiar with uh, the Grit and Grace podcast uh, Facebook page, uh, you can scroll down on there, and I did post, I believe it was a couple of days ago, but I did post a link to the book. It's like $15. It's a really good book. Um, it's something that, you know, it, this was Mike's project as far as the content goes. Uh, he's been studying Ephesians for a long time, and so this was something that he had been working on for a long time as far as the content goes, but um, it was a project as far as publishing the book. Uh, that was a project that something uh, that he and I worked on together, and we had a real good time with it. Uh, it's the first time I've ever self-published a book. Um, so, you know, we learned a lot, and it was really cool, and I'm really proud of it for him um, and for me as well. So, <laughs> so we're going to be referencing that book tonight, you know, just as a supplement to our study. So let's go ahead and let's pray and so we can get started. With the Lord's help, let me just have a sip of water. Thank you. Um, all right. So, dear Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight grateful for this opportunity to study your word, grateful for the Holy Spirit, 
which helps us to study your word. I'm grateful for all the ones that are listening tonight and the ones who will be listening uh, in the future uh, this broadcast. So I pray a special blessing upon them. Lord, that you would just bless them and see to their needs uh, and just bless this broadcast and help me to know the words to say, what I need to say, when I need to say it. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. So, um, just a little background on the book of Ephesians uh, before we get into the actual uh, scripture. It is part of the New Testament. It's what we call an epistle or letter intended first for the, uh, for the church at Ephesus. Uh, the Apostle Paul wrote this letter while imprisoned in Rome. The saints in the church at Ephesus were very dear to Paul. He spent a significant amount of time there, as did John, who wrote the Gospel of John and the Book of Revelation and so forth. Uh, the church of Ephesus is also mentioned in the Book of Revelation, written by John. As for Paul's letter, while the language is certainly not simple, if we study it with the Holy Spirit's help, we can, we'll find that the themes are, um, I don't know if simple is the word, but easy, uh, easy to understand. It's, um, it, it, it's, uh, let's see, what am I trying to say? The book of Ephesians is about the church. I think Ephesians is just Paul attempting to reveal to us a great mystery or a better word would be a secret that had been hidden for all these thousands of years and then is just being revealed in the right in God's time. Uh, Paul unveils for us the mystery of the church. He even says in chapter five, um, you know, that he's talking, he says, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Paul in Ephesians describes God's original plan for the church the blessings in the church, the oneness of the church and Christ, and the obligations of the church. So, let's get started. If you want to read along with me, uh, I am reading from the King James Version. And I'm just going to start out, like I said, I have to take this bit by bit so, uh, so we can point out a few things as we go along. This first chapter or most of this first chapter, is actually, uh, I'm getting distracted by some sort of noise here. Bless the Lord. <laughs> All right. So anyways, uh, Ephesians is, uh, the first chapter is basically, most of it is like one long sentence. <laughs> Originally, it was just like one, it's like a huge <laughs> lengthy sentence. So we'll just break it up um, phrase by phrase or however we have to do it. So Starting in verse 1, it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So he said a lot already just in those first three verses. Uh, be beginning with, okay, he identifies himself as an apostle of Jesus by the will of God, not an apostle of any of the other apostles and certainly not a self-appointed apostle. He didn't just decide to call himself Apostle Paul, <laughs> okay, or Prophet Paul or whatever. He declares here um, that he was, he is an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God himself. And also, I'm going to go ahead and open up Mike's book here. If you have it, I know some of you already have a copy. Follow along. I'm going to page eight and referencing these, just these first three verses. Mike's, Mike wrote uh, twice now in two verses, Paul once again mentions the father and the son together. It was very important, especially for Jewish readers, to understand that the son was equal to the father. 
So that's one thing we want to pay attention to. Um, also notice that Paul says here that God has blessed us in the past tense. That means that it happened to us before God created the earth. Um, and then another thing I would point out too here is a couple of things. Uh, he's blessed us. All right. So this is going to come out again here in a little bit. But notice he's using us in the plural. Okay. With all spiritual blessings. So all of them. Nothing's held back. All right. So and then these are spiritual blessings. These are spiritual blessings. We need to remember that. And um, and they are all found in Christ. Also note note that in just these first three verses, he's used that term in Christ twice already. And I have it highlighted in my Bible um, or underlined every time, just in this just in this first chapter, that Paul uses that phrase either in Christ Jesus or in Christ or in Him or um, so you'll notice that as we go along. All right, so let's pick up here in verse 4. All right, so he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Verse 4, according as he has chosen us in him, so there's that in Christ, in him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us Unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the, to the good pleasure of his will. Goodness gracious. So that says so much right there. Um, so one, he has chosen us in him. So, and he chose us in him uh, before the foundation of the world. All right. In order that we be holy and uh, without blaming before him in love. So, and we were predestined to be adopted. So what Paul is saying here, and Mike touches on this in his book as well, is that the church and your place in it and my place in it was not an afterthought. Okay. So to me, that makes a, that's very significant. It's not like God haphazardly uh, made the earth and then the animals and, and so forth. And then he made people and oops, you know, um, they messed, they messed up and now he's got to fix it and, and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> um, but no, he, he chose us as the church, as his body. He chose the church before the foundation of the world to be his bride, uh, to be a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. That was his plan, and that's our destiny. Um, so we were not an afterthought to God. God chose before everything to provide a holy, spotless bride to his son, the Messiah, the Christ, our Lord Jesus. We are that bride. We are his body. We are the church, and as such, we are powerful beyond measure. We need to realize this, you know, we're powerful beyond measure. We're blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. And we're adopted into God's family. We are chosen and we are destined to rule and reign with him forever. Now, there's some controversy about this and, and terms like predestination. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, predestination uh, is a little uh, confusing sometimes. Um, it's a little hard to grasp, and it can be a little controversial sometimes uh, in the church. I don't think Paul here, though, is referring to what we normally think of as predestination. I don't think that the predestination spoken of here is uh, personal. I believe it's collective as a church. So, um, so before the world was created, God, you know, chose us to be in him and he provided a way for us to do that. And that's through Jesus, through his sacrifice. So, you know, the Bible says the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. God's God had this all planned and worked out 
uh, before he created everything. All right, so moving along. In whom, okay, so in whom, that's Christ, verse 7, I'm on verse 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood, thank you, Jesus, the forgiveness of sins, thank you, Lord, according to the riches of his, where am I at? Oh, of his grace, according to the riches of his grace. And Lord knows God, he's got so much grace for us. That's another thing I pay attention to when you're reading this, this chapter or the book is uh, how many times Paul refers to the abundant grace of God in here. All right, so wherein he has abounded toward us, this grace he abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. All right, he knew exactly how much grace we would need, right? Number Verse 9, having made known unto us, plural, the mystery of his will. So we know, right? We know that he made, a, he made that known to us according to his good pleasure, which he has purposed in himself. That in the, dispensa- that in the dispensation, and I think this uh, verse 10 here is the whole point, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ both which are in heaven and which are are on earth, even in him. So there's going to come a a time when when all things have culminated uh, in the end, and we're all going to be um, gathered together in one, in Christ, right? In him. Let's go back to... Um, Mike's book again and see what else what he has to offer on this section Um, this is I'm going to be reading from his chapter it's chapter two in his book Um, his book is divided up like uh, there's like I think 18 chapters in there's only six chapters in the book of Ephesians but there's so much to cover he kind of does it um, well like that <laughs> just by the book all right so in chapter two the word is, is called the work of the sun uh he says um he's referencing ephesians one and seven in whom we in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace so mike writes the word translated as redemption here is one that means ransom paid in full so in other words this is me <laughs> so in other words god bought us back right he, we belong to him now, okay? Um, sometimes, Mike says, sometimes it is translated as deliverance. When this concept is spoken of in the Old Testament, it refers to a person's being freed from slavery or from prison. Paul also says that we also have the forgiveness of sins. This means that we have freedom from sins. In other words, sin no longer completely imprisons us. The Greek word translated as sins here is para, paraptoma. It refers to sinful acts. There is, quote, sin, uh, quote, a power that lives in us by virtue of how we approach the world in our flesh. And then there are the many, many acts that we do because of sin. These are those sins for which we have been forgiven. Praise God. He goes on to say it is important that we try that we try to see how immense our sins problem was so we can more fully grasp how much Jesus has done for us how much redemption and forgiveness from sins do we have well paul says that it is quote according to the riches of the grace jesus has think about that it's like saying our redemption and forgiveness are in proportion to cross grace. So how much grace does Jesus have? How huge is that? He has enormous grace. I like how he puts that in all caps there. He has enormous grace. Therefore, we have enormous redemption and forgiveness. By saying we have, Paul is communicating the present and continuous reality that we possess this. And that's something that I hope that 
we glean from this is the realization of how much grace really does abound to us. Um, in chapter, I'm um, sorry, on page 12, uh, referencing verse 8, where it says, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Mike writes, the word translated as abound is really supposed to read super abound. It's huge. God is chock full of wisdom and prudence. The word wisdom is the ability to see life from God's perspective. I like that. I really like that. The word prudence means understanding or insight or the ability to discern the right action to take in any situation. God knew exactly what to do about our situation. Like I said, um, he knew exactly how much grace that we were going to need. And, you know, I think he gave us that much and more. You know, I think that's <laughs> what is that song um, that's uh, Oh, how he loves us. If grace, if grace is an ocean, we're all sinking because there's so much grace God has for us. And, um, okay, so in referring to verse 9, which says, Having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he has purpose in himself, Mike writes in verses 7 and 8, Paul was praising God's grace. This leads him to praise God for his entire plan of salvation, which had been a mystery. I mean, think about it for a minute. Like, this is me talking now. Um, for how many thousands of years was it that, um, that, this, and I'm talking about the mystery here, or the secret of the church. God knew about it all along. He created, he created the church, um, before the foundation of the world. We read that. But, we as a people and even the Jews, you know, as God's only people really, well, his only people in the world, his chosen people, weren't aware of this glorious plan until until now it's being revealed to us. So um, Mike says the word mystery is an interesting one. In the Greek, it is mysterion. It means something that is hidden for a season but which was always intended to be revealed at the perfect time, like I was saying. So um, he says, even though God hinted at the idea of Messiah, his plan was largely hidden until it unfolded in front of the eyes of those first witnesses. Even as Jesus was killed and then buried, it was still mysterious to them. Then he rose. It was still a mystery. When he, you know, because his disciples, they didn't understand. They didn't understand the plan and what was going on. Um, and then he says, Mike says, when he revealed that it was through receiving him as Lord that they could be placed into Jesus, die with him and raise and rise with him, the mystery was finally revealed. It was always God's plan and his will that we be saved through Jesus. And that's the thing about that I'm talking about as far as this type of this predestination that we're talking about here is God preordained or a plan of, for us to escape sin and death and be, become a part of God's kingdom, God's family, um, the kingdom of God. Right. So, I mean, now we're citizens of heaven, right? Um, so, and we're not of this world. We're in this world, but not of this world. But that's all because of what Christ did. And what Christ did was planned and before the world began. All right. So let's see here. Okay. So he says here, um, as far as, okay. So when he's talking about the dispensation of the fullness of times in verse 10, um, Mike says uh, the times Paul, Paul wrote about, did not have to do with the passage of time, as in minutes and months. If it did, he would have used a different word, chronos. Instead, he used kairos, which has to do with a set season. The word translated as fullness means the completion of all things intended. So this verse might read like this, and he rephrases it in this way, that when everything God has intended for a set season has been achieved when everything God has intended for a set season has been achieved. 
he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are in earth on earth in him. That term, gather together in one all things in Christ, is a beautiful idea that comes directly from the Holy Spirit. It comes from a Greek word, and this one I don't think I'll be able to pronounce. <laughs> I'm going to try. and and I have, uh, No, I'm not going to try. <laughs> uh, A-N-A-K-E-P-H-A-L-A-I-O-M-A-I. It literally means... To sum up all things in Christ. So let's look at verse 10 again with that previous transliteration and this one so we can grasp the beauty of God's intentions here. So he rephrases it in this way. So that when everything God has intended for this set season has been achieved, he will sum up all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. Think about that for a minute. God spoke a word, and the universe came into existence. God spoke other words, and the earth was populated. He made people. Everything was in order and functioned in harmony. Then Satan caused division, as he still does whenever possible. Disorder and chaos prevailed. God's plan has always been to bring all things in heaven and earth back together under Jesus, the rightful king. When that happens, everything Satan did through Adam will be reversed, and all of creation will be placed back into the hands of its rightful owner, Jesus. So I really appreciate uh, what Mike has to say there. Uh, it's very helpful. Um, let's move along here and try to finish out this chapter. <laughs> so verse 11, in whom, so this, one's, this one starts out with in whom again. In whom, who are we talking about? In Christ so in, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. The church is supposed to be to the praise of his glory. Verse 13, in whom... In Christ again, you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. All right, so I'm going to just break it off right there just for a second. So when we're born again, all right, so um, I don't know why I'm going off on this, but this He's, huh, let's see, let me get back, let me back up, back up a little bit. So yeah, when we're born again and we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, all right, in his death, burial, and resurrection, um, believe and, and confess with your mouth that he is Lord and Savior, uh, we're saved, we're born again, and his Holy Spirit comes to live and reside within us. Paul refers to it here, um, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, so what he means by promise is it's um, some of the versions translate that like as the Holy Spirit as like a deposit or a, a guarantee. Um, so not only is the Holy Spirit our comforter, our teacher, um, and not only does the Holy Spirit make intercession for us according to the will of God, um, he, uh, the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit is a promise that, that God will, um, <laughs> sorry, distraction, that God is going to come back for us. But this is, uh, like, like I said, this is a corporate, think of it in a, in a, a corporate way, like not indiv not individually, like pre predestination, um, and, or not predestination, but, um, excuse me. Let's look at it as a collective thing and not something personal. Um, if God has placed his Holy Spirit in the church, and the, the church is made up of all of us individually, I understand that. And each individual um, has the Holy, you know, that's, you know, each born-again individual in the church has the Holy Spirit living within them individually. But as a body, as a whole, 
um, God is going to come back, you know, and and for and the Holy us and the Holy Spirit that is in us will all be joined back together, all of us, in one with Him. So it's like a down payment kind of, um, and He will come for the rest later type of thing. I don't know. That's that's really not the best way to put it. All right, so let's move along. Um, but I mean, well, let me back up a little bit here. So we have an inheritance um, that we should be, yeah, we have an inheritance in him that we should be to the praise of his glory. All right, let's go down to verse 14. So he's talking about the Holy Spirit. I shouldn't have caught off there. Um, the Holy, You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, 14, which is the earnest of our inheritance. So that word earnest, it kind of means, like I said, guarantee, which is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession and to the praise of his glory. So that's basically what I was just saying. Uh, it's the earnest is like a guarantee or like, I don't want to use like to use the word down payment of our inheritance. So it's, so <clears throat> it's the guarantee, but so that's tides us over until the redemption of the purchased possession. So we've already been purchased, right? We've already been redeemed, right? But our bodies haven't, right? And we still have to walk through this world. Um, unto the praise of his glory. Okay, so mm, I've hit the 30-minute mark. So I guess we're going to keep going. <laughs> um, oh, let me give you guys the call-in number. I'm sorry about that. Um, so you are more than welcome to call in on me tonight. I'm here by myself. So I could use um, some input or questions. Don't ask me anything too difficult. <laughs> But um, get a pen or paper or your phone or whatever and get this number down. That is 940-393-5654. 940-393-5654. If you have anything to add or any anything that I've said that might sound incorrect, um, please feel free to bring that to my attention in love, in love, in love, in love, guys. <laughs> All right, so verse 15. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, and just side note, Christ is not his last name. Christ means the anointed one or, 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 or Messiah is another good word. Um, but the way it reads is we tend to think, you know, that's his last name. <laughs> All right. That the God of our Lord uh, Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, praise his name, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So Paul is praying that we get this revelation, right? Uh, 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know. So why does he want us to understand this? So that we may know what is the hope of his calling, not my calling, his calling. You know, oh, what's your calling, sister? Well, my calling is to teach. My calling is to preach. Oh, some woman can't do that. Uh, my I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, uh, so my calling is to, you know, work the nursery or yada, yada, yada. No, it's not my calling. It's his calling. Everything's about Christ, right? Uh being chosen, you know, we were chosen in him, right? Um, we're predestined to, you know, to be conformed to his image and his likeness. And we're saved through his blood and his death and his resurrection. You know, he's the way, he's the truth, he's the life. All right. So it's all about Jesus. So, um, oh, I have a phone call. Hello, um, this is Tanya with the Grant Grace Podcast. Who am I talking to? Hey, it's good to be with you. Hey. I have really been enjoying your show tonight. I just wanted to call in and tell you that. Awesome. Is this Jonathan? This is Jonathan. <laughs> Thank you for calling in, Jonathan. I really appreciate it. I'm here by myself, so I'm just kind of... Ephesians is like, I've said this before, I was like, you know, if Paul could have only wrote one letter to the church. I just, I love Ephesians. It's like, there's so much meat on those bones and you're doing a great job of getting it off. And so I just wanted to call and encourage you. 
And um, also when you were just talking about how like all of it is for the glory of Christ and all of the callings are really his calling that he's working through us as he lives through us. It's so encouraging because you can know that whatever, what, you know, it's like whatever state you're in, whatever position God has for you in the body, um, with no matter what it is, it's all vital. You know, Paul talks about how the body, you know, how, you know, people say, Oh, I want to be this part. I want to be that part. And there's this argumentative place. Well, all of, you know, all of it is hinged on Christ, who is the head of the church. Yes. And without the head, the body is dead. So it doesn't matter what part you are if you're not connected to Christ. Right. And, um, and so I love that, you know, it's, it goes to our salvation and the way that he sees us is that even in our maturity is that we go from glory to glory to glory. So even if you feel like, you know, oh, man, you know, I'm not really doing I'm, I'm not doing this important job. I'm not a you know missionary in Africa. I'm not doing anything you know, that I would consider to be a big deal. Like, no matter what you're doing, if you're doing it for the glory of God, if you're doing it in obedience, if you're not living in rebellion from what he has called you to, then you are living the gospel for people to see and uh, your encouragement to uh, everyone around you and you honor God, honor Christ and his sacrifice by your sacrificial living. So I just, I love that. It's so encouraging. Amen. Amen. I love that. Without... What, what did you say? Without the head, the body's dead. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Well, I was talking to a brother of mine at work today, and I was, we were talking about this. And so I was just like, like, none of it matters without the head. And yet there's so many, you know, and I hate to, you know, get on a soapbox too much, but there's so many, you know, big box churches that literally could, Jesus could not show up one weekend, and it would be okay. Everything would go just as, as it always did, and they wouldn't even miss a beat. And that breaks my heart because I know that, Jesus wants to be involved because it's his body, it's his bride, it's his church. And we got to make sure that we walk in a way that invites his presence, uh, not just on the weekends, but every day um, as we live out our walk and, and we, as we glorify him in the body. Amen. Amen. I love it. Thank you so much, Jonathan. You feeling better? I am feeling a little bit better. Okay, good. <laughs> Thank All you right. so much. No problem. Bye. Bye. All right, guys, my apologies if the sound on that wasn't so great. <laughs> I hope you heard I hope you heard the caller. It was Pastor Jonathan. I appreciate him calling in. I just wasn't I'm up here by myself tonight, so I'm I'm without my little handy dandy engineer. So I don't know if I had that phone hooked up properly, but I think uh, he texted me and said that that he was able to hear Jonathan, just not as loud. But hopefully you guys heard that. He had some great comments. I appreciate that. Um, appreciate it very much. Without the head, the body's dead. That's <laughs> something my new phrase. Okay, so let's see here. We are on, okay, 18. The eyes of your understanding being, being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Um, so he his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding i love this every word of this book just gets to me verse 19 and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe lord jesus that's so good according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places where far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Now, if the, those things are under his feet and we are the head and the feet, then they're under our feet too, right? Um, since we do have some time, I'm going to move on into verse, I mean, sorry, chapter two, just a little bit, see if we can maybe cover that one. And then hopefully Mike will have room in his schedule to come on next week and talk to us about, um, the rest of Ephesians and, um, in his book. So let's go into chapter two. And you has he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. 
So quicken, you know, made means like made alive. And you, he's like made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Wherein in time past, you walked according to the, the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, which is Satan, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom also we, see how he uses we, us, he's using the plural. He wants us, he wants us to think, I, th- I believe, Paul's wanting us to think as a church, as a body, as a whole unit, right? Living organism, as a collective, right? So um, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh. Lord knows I did. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, guys. Huh. But God. Everybody say, but God. I wish I could hear you. Y'all ain't saying nothing out there. (laughs) I used to have a favorite preacher that would say that. Y'all ain't saying nothing. (laughs) Um, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us, oh, how he loves us, right? Um, <laughs> with his great love, wherewith he has loved us, he loved us, excuse me, even when we were dead in sins. I'm going to stop right there for a second. Even when I was running the streets, even when I was putting a needle in my arm, even when I was popping a pill, even when I was sleeping with so-and-so, sleeping with him, sleeping with her, stealing from the store, whatever, even when I was, mm, 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 don't even get me going, even when we were dead in sins, dead, dead, I wasn't just unsaved, I was dead, right? And destined for death, nothing but death, dead here, dead there, right? But even when we were dead in sins, <laughs> hath quickened us, us, together, right, with Christ, by grace you are saved. That's a parenthetical there. He's like, let me just insert this thought here and remind you, by grace you are saved. This is a message from Paul. And <laughs> Let me take a minute here just to let you know this is brought to you by Apostle Paul and that by grace you are saved. He, he, he always wants us to know that, right? He never wants us to forget that. Uh, by grace you are saved, not of works, lest any man should boast, right? According to what we're reading here, according to this book, the only thing that we've got to boast in is Christ. That's the only thing we've got to, we, we have to boast in. So by grace you are saved, little parenthetical, and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly, in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches. So here, here we are again with this exceeding riches of his grace. So here he goes again with this grace. Goodness, what are we to do with this grace, y'all? Might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. His kindness. He was kind to us. You know, that means so much. Just to have someone be kind to you. Do you ever get a kind word and it just takes you by surprise and you're like, that really touches your heart? God's kind. I mean, he's he's vengeful. He's jealous God, but, you know, and he's just, but he's also kind, tender, merciful, graceful, loving, caring, nurturing. I just love the Lord. All right. So, um, Okay, in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Here he goes again with this grace. You're saved by grace stuff. What are we going to do with that? (laughs) I love it, though. Verse 8, for by grace you are saved. Didn't you just say that, Paul? For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. I mean, he felt the need to repeat this, you know. It is the gift of God, you all. It's the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, Created in Christ Jesus, right, unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore, remember that you being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision, by that which is called circumcision in the flesh made by hands. Okay, here's where we're going to get into it. Let me get my pen. Here's where we're going to get into the part where he's talking about... Um. You know, as far as like the Jews were God's people. You had the Jews, you had the Gentiles, right? You had God's people and not God's people. You know, you had 
Israel and you had pagans, right? Or I don't know if they called them pagans back then, but but you had Jews and you had Gentiles. And um, the Jews were God's chosen people. I mean, that's just the way it was. And Gentiles were were hated by the Jews. Um, so Paul's trying to, he's going to make a point that, um, that before God found the world, you know, he made a way, he intended for the Gentiles to be saved all along. So the, the concept or the fact, it's not a concept, the fact that Gentiles or those who are not Jews like me, um, have a way into his family, into his kingdom. Um, that wasn't an afterthought either. All right. So, I mean, it's cool for me. To me, that's cool to know that none of this was haphazard for God. None of this was just like, oops, okay, well, I'll fix it this way. Um, or, you know, uh, I guess I'll, I guess we'll let the Gentiles in too, you know, since I'm here dying for everybody, I'll go ahead and die for the Gentiles too. No, it was always intended. It was always in God's plan. So let's try to finish out this chapter before the hour's up and, um, the best we can um it does get a little mm, bumpy let's see here uh okay so verse 12 that at that time you were without christ being aliens from the commonwealth of israel so that's what i was talking about gentiles and strangers from the covenants of promise having no hope y'all and without god in the world what if that was our destiny what if he just left it like that that's just horrible. But he didn't, and he never intended to. That's the cool thing. Verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Nigh meaning near. So now that we're made near by the blood of Christ. 14. For he is our peace. So peace meaning like kind of, I think it means it's like whole, whole, W-H- O-L-E, wholeness, who has made both one, okay? The Jews and Gentiles now are both one in one living organism called the church and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished, I like how I use the word abolished because it's like completely destroyed, right? Having abolished in his flesh, Right. Physically, like when he was beaten and bruised for us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity. Um, what's a good word for en enmity? Separation, I guess. Even the law of commandments contained in ordinances for to make in himself of twain or of two one new man. So making peace or bringing wholeness right to the body. We're one we're, we're one new man. We're not one new church building. We're, one, we're not one new denomination. We're not one new non-denomination, which is kind of a denomination. <laughs> um, we're not like, you know, uh, we are, uh, we're a living, breathing, powerful organism, right? 16, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain, I like that word, having slain the enmity thereby and came and preached peace to you, which were afar off and to them that were not. So both, you know, Gentiles and Jews were converting to Christianity for through him, Christ, right? So we've got through him, in him, of him, to him, right? Notice every time he says that. Uh, so he's trying to, you know, there's no separation between Christ and me or me and Christ or me and Jonathan or Jonathan and me or me and Mike or Mike and Jonathan, right? Um, for, uh, excuse me, for through him, we both have access by one spirit unto the father. Did I skip something? No, I didn't. Okay. Now, therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints, praise God, and of the household of God. So I'm a fellow citizen with the saints and of the household of God and are both built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. 
So we have the church, which is built upon Jesus, the chief cornerstone, and then you have the apostles and the prophets, and the church grows has grown on from there and continues to do so. In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord. In whom you also are builded, I didn't know that was a word, together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. All right, so we've got through the first two chapters of Ephesians and we are getting close to the end of the hour. I was going to, let's see, bring up a few more things from Mike's book, if I have time, um, from chapter two. Mm-hmm. Well, he mentions, okay, so in chapter five of his book, How Works in Christ's Work, and I just remembered when studying for this, I don't know if you're listening, Mike, which you will listen, um, and I did press record. Hallelujah. <laughs> but um, I remember now when I was studying for this episode that it was part of part of my job with, you know, I, if, with editing this book and all and getting it ready for publishing was I helped name the chapters because this was all just one uh, text. And I helped him, you know, figure out where to break down the chapters and what to call them. So that was cool. Anyway, so referencing Ephesians 2 and 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Um, he says, God's intention in working in us is that he has created us in Christ Jesus to do something. Um, it has the idea of, of proprietorship, which is the right and originator has to work, I'm sorry, has to work with what he created. He has built us for good works or beneficial deeds. It is important that we determine if what we are drawn to is beneficial or destructive. God will only have us do good works, ones which are in the long run beneficial. Paul says that God has created us in Christ Jesus, that we are his workmanship, so we would do good works that he put in place for us to walk in. The term walk in literally means to be our habitual way of being. So, wrapping it up here, um, I hope, I pray and I hope that, you know, I've made a little sense here tonight that God has brought something new to you that you maybe had not considered or hadn't seen, that maybe God's revealed something to you in this study, or that you just are uplifted and encouraged just by knowing that you're not an afterthought. Your birth, your life, you have a destiny. You have a destiny in Christ to rule and reign with him for a thousand years and forever. You have a destiny. So he chose you to be seated with him in heavenly places and is, and is bestowed upon you grace upon grace upon grace upon grace beyond measure. Um, every All, all spiritual... Um, blessings in heavenly places you have an inheritance we're a you know adopted just briefly i was reading um about adoption um in roman um or in greek society i can't remember which one it was mike would know the answer to this it was either the greeks or the romans that um by law when uh they adopted someone so i think it was romans anyways um, so say if they had a natural child of their own, if they didn't, if they didn't weren't pleased with this child, they could disown it. Because when you have a, a child naturally, you, you get what you get. You have no choice in it, right? Whether it be a boy or a girl or um, however they turn out, right? That's what you got. But they were able to disown that child. And on and on the other side of that, when they adopted a child, uh, that child was became a, a full heir. Right. And you couldn't um, ever go back on that or dis or disown the adopted person. They were in your family like from then on. So I guess just take, you know, encouragement and hope in the fact that, you know, we are part of a living, breathing organism 
and and let's let's look at the church for what it is. It's a glorious church. It's a glorious church. I don't I don't like to put down the church. Um, I know we've got our issues. Um, we divide over every single thing that you can even think of, and it's very frustrating. But you know, he prayed that we would be one, even as he and the Father are one, and that's what we need to strive for. We need to strive. We need to strive for unity among the brethren, among each other. Um, you know, we'll get into this later, but when Paul gets into this whole, like, how to treat each other, you know, wives, submit to your husbands, husbands, love your wives, cross of the church, children, obey your parents, slaves, um, submit to your masters as, as unto the Lord, yada, yada, yada. Um, this is all how we should behave. He's like, this is a mystery, guys, but I'm talking about crossing the church. This is how we are to behave. You know, uh, realizing that, you know, we were chosen and we were foreordained to be a glorious church, to be the bride of Christ without spot or blemish or wrinkle, um, that God loves us and has so much grace for us and that our salvation and our place in him, in Christ, is so secure. Um, Take hope in that and take encouragement in that. When you go about your week this week, um, Ephesians and Colossians and Romans are all three great books for self or positive affirmations, by the way. And Mike uses those in this book all throughout. So, for for example, what I'm what I mean by that is <laughs> um, if you read Romans or here in Ephesians, you, you could take what he's saying. And then even though it may not be meant to be individualistic, you can take what he's saying and turn that into a positive affirmation. You know, I am adopted. I am redeemed. I am accepted in the beloved. Um, you know, God chose me, you know. So as you study further in the word, you know, in this book in particular, you think about that and think about what Paul is saying and turn that inward to yourself. And take confidence in that. Take confidence, you know, be confident in Christ. Be confident in who you are in Christ. In Christ. So I made it through nearly one hour by myself, guys. I came in here and messed with this radio equipment all by myself. And I don't have a guest tonight. And um, and I lasted a whole hour. So listen, I'm gonna I'll pat myself on the back. Can you hear? Did you hear that? Pat myself on the back. Uh, silly. I'm just silly. Um, anyways, so to wrap it up, let's see. Um, I hope to have, Mike, if you're listening, I really hope to get you on next week, even if we have to pre-record, um, because Mike is like my expert in Ephesians. Um, let me go ahead and remind you guys before I close of the other shows we feature on this uh, radio station. So um, tomorrow night, speaking of speaking of Pastor Jonathan, his show comes on tomorrow night. Um, it's called Reborn for This, and it's every Thursday and Sunday. Okay, Jonathan, every Thursday and Sunday. So he'll come on tomorrow night uh, from 6 to 6.30, and then Sunday from 6 to 6.30. Um, I've posted this broadcast schedule to the Grit and Grace podcast Facebook page. Just go to Facebook and search pages, Grit and Grace Podcast, and I just posted the schedule. That way, you know, um, if, you know, we, we do tend to repeat it every broadcast for you guys, but in case you forget, it's a handy-dandy reference right there because it gives, like, our live broadcast schedule, um, which is Monday nights. You have Truth Seeker, what? Oh, yeah, Monday nights at 8 p.m., uh, Mike McInerney, Discipleship for Life. Tuesday at 7 p.m., Charlie Smither, Traveling Salvation Show. Wednesday, 6 p.m., Grit and Grace. Thursday, Jonathan Spawn, Reborn for This. But um, then the rebroadcasts are daily. These They're rebroadcasts every day, so you can catch what you miss. And then, of course, tomorrow I'll upload, or tomorrow, give me a, maybe by, by Friday, I'll have the YouTube and Spotify links for this episode available, uh, posted on the Grit and Grace podcast faith, Facebook page. All right, so we're coming to a close. I really, really appreciate you guys listening. Um, I appreciate your support, your prayers, your love. Um, tell a friend about the show and have them tune in next week where we'll wrap up Ephesians, all right? Uh, hopefully with Mike. If not, we'll just we'll just um, soldier on together, okay? So, Lord Jesus, I thank you for uh, being with us tonight. Bless everyone who can hear the sound of my voice. Bless them. 
with um, open doors, move mountains that are in their way, heal diseases, uh, bring financial blessings, and don't forget about all those spiritual blessings, the most important ones. I thank you for this opportunity, Lord, and thank you for your many blessings and your wonderful, just amazing, boundless grace to me and to your church. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. You guys have a wonderful evening. This is Tanya Bruton. Be blessed. Good night.